While in some ways this has been another Giants offseason highlighted by some high-profile disappointments, seven of the top 10 free agents on MLB Trade Rumors top 50 free agents list are still unsigned. And hey, the Giants also signed a $113 million player. And so this offseason was is has been more slow than it's been a disappointment for the Giants. And there's plenty of time left for them to make a splash. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, actually three days a week for now. Uh, back to five days a week in uh, when pitchers and catchers report talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data driven and rational, but also simple, passionate and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites beyond the box score and rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015 and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So uh, check us out there. And check us out wherever it is that you get your podcasts and you will find Locked on Giants. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. And where we get started, as I was kind of saying there, okay, Christmas is past. We're close to the new year. By this time... At this time last offseason, all of the top players were gone because by this point, the Carlos Correa thing had happened. The Giants had, you know, quote unquote, signed him, although, you know, they had a letter of agreement with him, but it ultimately fell through due to a physical, of course. That all happened on like the 20th of December. And then at that point, once Correa was kind of out of the picture, the Giants had no one left to pivot to. uh, And that's kind of how they got stuck in the situation they got stuck in where they couldn't spend their money, even though they had money to spend. Uh, They had a desire to to bring in star talent, but um, no stars left on which to spend that money. Um, Now, there's cases to be made. They should have been more aggressive with other players besides just Judge and Correa. We don't know exactly if they were or were not. We know about those two. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is, this offseason has been completely different in that, um, yes, like I said, a couple of high-profile major disappointments with Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto, probably the Giants' top two targets this offseason, A, the Giants don't get either of them. B, they both go to the Los Angeles Dodgers. So in many ways, that just in and of itself is like disastrous, right? But at the same time, as I always say, I'm not just saying this now, I don't worry so as much as everybody else seems to about what the teams in your division are doing. Because, I mean, yes, you want to win the division and have one of the top two records in the league. Um you know, each in each league, the top two division winners get a first round buy. They get to skip the wild card round. But um, 
it's going to be a tough, tough task kind of overtaking the Dodgers for that top spot anyway, you know, 2021 notwithstanding. So I don't know. Dodgers went from a team that won a hundred games to a team that's probably going to win well over a hundred games, which is nothing new for them. They've averaged like 107 wins the last five years. So I don't know. I like, I just don't worry so much about that. The Giants just need to take care of their own business and get themselves into the postseason. And yes, at that point, your season is vulnerable because the best, I mean, you, you, you may only play two games, right? If you lose, uh, two games, you're out in that first round. But if you win, you have a full head of steam going into that division series. And we've seen in the two years under this new format that a lot of teams, that have won that division or uh, wild card round go on to be, to upset some of the better division um, winners the 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 teams that got buys and so like the Atlanta Braves right this year they had that they just were the best team in baseball all year and they got bounced in the first round and so this is baseball let's not pretend like we know the outcome so I don't buy like you know I I get it I get the anger with the Dodgers and I'm all about anger with the Dodgers but. You just can't buy a championship, especially, and things got harder with this wildcard round. It adds more uncertainty and more randomness. Although, if you get to skip it, then it doesn't. But then you've got the layover, and does that cause an effect? It seems that it has over time, at least to some degree, uh, for teams that have a lot of time off. So anyway, this offseason, yes, a couple of hope, uh, excuse me, high-profile disappointments but completely different from last offseason in that there are still, like I said, seven of the top players on MLB Trade Rumors' top 10 free agents list. They actually didn't even have Jung-Hoo Lee as a top 10. Um, I'm not sure. I'm also going to look at ESPN and Fangraphs tonight uh, discussing these points. But obviously Shohei Otani, he was number one and obviously he signed. But number two is Cody Bellinger per MLB Trade Rumors and he's unsigned. Number Three is Yamamoto, so the Dodgers get two of MLB Trade Rumors' top three. Uh, obviously, he did sign. Uh, number four, Blake Snell, unsigned. Number five, Aaron Nola, signed, re-signed with the Phillies. Number six, Jordan Montgomery, unsigned. Number seven, Matt Chapman, unsigned. Number eight, Josh Hader, unsigned. Number nine, Sonny Gray, signed. And number 10, Shoto Imanaga, also out of Japan, like... Um, Otani and Yamamoto and he is unsigned and so there's not necessarily consensus on who the top 10 are Otani obviously number one Fangraphs had Yamamoto two Bellinger three so like a consensus top three I guess in Bellinger there Um, let's see where ESPN had Bellinger they also had they've got Blake Snell number three so yeah I mean Here's here's where the rubber meets the road. We've got a report. It's John Heyman. John Heyman, famous in Giants lore of, you know, arson judge appears headed to Giants. So take it with a grain of salt. But and also John Heyman is kind of like a uh, look, I like the guy. I kind of respect his reporting to a degree, but he does seem to be like a talking head for Scott Boris, like a mouthpiece for Scott Boris, the agent. And this agent, Scott Boris, happens to represent, um, what is it, all three of the guys that he's about to link to the Giants. So per John Heyman, this is according to MLB.com. I didn't actually watch the segment 
But on MLB.com, it says this team is, quote, big game hunting in free agency. And they say, after missing out on Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto, both of whom landed with the rival Dodgers. Yeah, 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 we know. The Giants are still, quote, big game hunting, end quote, on the free agent market as they look to add more star power to their roster, according to MLB Network insider John Heyman. Per Heyman, the Giants are in on many of the top free agents left on the board, including starter Blake Snell, third baseman Matt Chapman, and outfielder Cody Bellinger. While San Francisco's biggest addition to this point has been center fielder Jung-Hoo Lee out of Korea, Heyman gets the sense this the team is still leaning toward upgrading on the offensive side of the ball and considers Chapman the most likely of the three to land with the Giants. But then, okay, let's not just take it from John Heyman. They continue on MLB.com. The San Francisco Chronicles' Susan Slosser also linked the Giants to those three players in an appearance on MLB, MLB Network on Tuesday, yesterday, the 27th or the 26th, uh, while while mentioning a reunion with pitcher Sean Manaya as another possibility. And then they also say the Giants were recently connected to another top free agent starter, Japanese lefty Shoto, uh, Shota Imanaga, in a report from MLB Network insider John Paul Morosi as well. So there you have it. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised in the least. So coming up in just a minute, we are going to discuss those players that the Giants have been linked to. The fact that those are still in, yes, a relatively weak free agent class. Uh, those are like some of the top names. They're still out there. And the Giants, they want top guys like that and they need them. And so who fits and why? We'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers uh, get 150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. I'm just now pulling up. The odds for the 49ers in their upcoming game, yes, we all want to forget uh, the game on Christmas Day, but that game is in the past, and now the 49ers in their upcoming game playing the Washington Washington Commanders and their favorites at minus 720 on the money line. And so if you place a $5 bet at FanDuel.com slash locked on and the 49ers win... $5 money line bet, you get 150 in bonus bets. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options from spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So again, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, as promised, we are going to discuss the... Uh, those three players specifically, well, we can talk a little bit about Shota Imanaga, but uh, the fact that John Heyman names three players and then Susan Slusser of the Chronicle, if you're like, oh, I just don't trust a word John Heyman says, well, Susan Slusser um, is is a local reporter. She writes for the Chronicle and she's very well respected, not only locally, but even nationally. And um, anyway, thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen Every day, we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I joke um, with some shame 
your first listen or your last listen every day because we've had to put these episodes out at weird times due to construction and such at the house in which I am living and that will eventually end, but I do apologize. And just a reminder, we are three days a week for now until pitchers and catchers report. We do that for two months out of the year and the rest of the year we're five days a week talking Giants with you. So anyway, let's get into these names. The... Three names. We're talking Blake Snell, Matt Chapman, and Cody Bellinger. And to me, I would add Shota Imanaga to that and maybe Jordan Montgomery. But but really to me, and the thing is, I don't know much about Shota Imanaga. I, you know, like he hasn't pitched in the big league, so I haven't watched him. I haven't studied his numbers, although you can look at his numbers from Japan and look at some of the projections for him and they're really good. And so I actually like him quite a bit. But these players make sense for the Giants. They're not, each one has has his flaws. But at the same time, each one has legitimate upside. I think Matt Chapman is kind of the, the one with, I don't want to say the least amount of upside, but um, Cody Bellinger, like he was an MVP in his early 20s and hit 47 home runs and is coming off a nice rebound season with the Cubs, although the downside is like some of the underlying metrics just didn't look so great. And so it's like, do you believe the rebound? Because if you look at the previous two seasons, they weren't good. And so also, I mean, I want to discuss what the contract predictions are. Looking at these three different websites, MLB Trade Rumors, ESPN, and Fangraphs, and kind of look at, does that make sense for the Giants? But Blake Snell is actually where I want to start because to me, while he doesn't fit, this is why I'm just not sure that they go down this road because he doesn't fit their model of strike throwing. Like he is one of the pit, he is like the pitcher who struggles the most with strike throwing in the game at times. And he was this season. Uh, his walk rate was the highest in the game. Uh, I guess that doesn't necessarily mean he's the, doesn't throw strikes as much as anyone in the game, but his walk rate was the highest in the league and yet he won the Cy Young award that's what's crazy because he strikes out so many hitters and that strikeout ability is what makes him a kind of bona fide ace if you look at the last two seasons i mean it's been ace production and so let's just look at some of the predictions starting with Blake Snell and discuss if i think this is a fit and so for Blake Snell according to MLB trade rumors they have him as the number 4 free agent with a contract prediction of seven years, $200 million. And to me, seven years is too long for a guy with this kind of um, risk because of the lack of strike throwing. Because if the stuff diminishes, like if he's not throwing upper 90s, basically, and and you have no command, like that is just a recipe for disaster. And he's already 31. This is going to be his age 31 season. And so you'd be going, you know, age 37. I just can't do that. I just can't do that. And so I'm going to pass on seven years, 200 million for Blake Snell. I'm going to pivot to like Imanaga or Jordan Montgomery, uh, if that's really the asking price. Uh, but ESPN, I think, has a more palatable prediction of six years, $150 million. I don't like that sixth year. I, I like it. I think five. It's funny because if we look at recent precedent for certain guys like Kevin Gosman and 
Um, Robbie Ray coming off a Cy Young season, similar kind of command issues. Um, they got five-year deals each in the low 100s, and that's one of the bigger potential regrets of that this front office probably has is letting Kevin Gosman leave because you had an ace and he wanted to stay and he's continued to be an ace for another team at a reasonable price. And now you're going to pay probably more money for a guy with perhaps just as much risk, if not more risk. I'm not saying for sure they're going to sign Blake Snell, but if you wanted to, that's what you're doing. Um, I don't know exactly how old Gosman was at the time, 30, around 30. Um, and ES, or excuse me, Fangraphs has Blake Snell as the number five um, free agent. And Ben Clemens, who does these predictions, has him, has Snell getting five years, $140 million. So it's almost the same total as ESPN, six years, $150 million, but for five years. So that's obviously my favorite. The Fangraph, Fangraphs uh, readers also do a prediction and they ended up at five years. Uh, the median was five years, 125 million. And so there's a big range here all the way from five years, 125 million to seven years, 200 million. And so somewhere in the middle is probably where it ends up around 150 million. Um, I don't know, five years, 140. I think I would snatch that up. You're getting a potential ace, like a guy who just strikes out a ton of hitters Yes, you got to live with walks. Yes, he doesn't pitch deep into games, but this is the market that you're in. And and if you want to improve your team, uh, this is probably the pitcher with the most upside. I mean, the guy's coming off a Cy Young Award season in which he had a two two five earned run average. Um, and if you look at the last two seasons combined, he has a two seven two ERA, a three one seven fielding independent pitching strikeout rate of 32%. So that's like Carlos Rodon level strikeout rate. And um, he's been pretty durable. Being durable in the past doesn't mean durable in the future. But at the same time, I mean, he doesn't pitch a ton of innings. Anyway, at somewhere in the middle there at like five years, I don't want to go six. I really don't want to have to go six. And I think precedent lets you kind of be at five based on like I said, Gosman and and uh Robbie Ray. And then you look at Carlos Rodon, oh he got six, but he was a year younger. He was a year younger. And so to me that makes the difference. And it's like you can make that argument. Well, why should this one player who's one year older get an extra year than Rodon, who had similarly two back to back really good seasons. Anyway, I digress again. So I do like Blake Snell at that kind of middle of price. I don't like 7200, but I like it more in the middle. So continuing on, we're looking at Matt Chapman and Cody Bellinger. So let's go to Cody Bellinger. I just think it's a really interesting potential fit because there's really not a fit in the sense that they have a lot of outfielders already. But at the same time, you're getting like maybe the most upside and probably the best position player on the market uh the ask is kind of from what we've heard been crazy um mlb trade rumors came in with a whopping like they put him as the number two free agent ahead of yoshinobu yamamoto who by by the way got 325 million over 12 years and 
you can tell right away that they messed this up. And I said it at the time, but they have Cody Bellinger as the number two free agent with 12 years, 264 million. And by the way, that number for Yamamoto doesn't include the posting fee, which brings it closer to 400 million. Anyway, at 12 years, 264 million, I am not touching Cody Bellinger at all. That's crazy to me. Like maybe with like a club option that for like the second half of that deal after the first half, like you can choose to buy, you know, pick up the next six years if you want to as a team, as opposed to like a player option. But that's too scary for a guy who had two abysmal years in a row in 2021 and 2022. And then this year was good. But again, the underlying metrics kind of shaky uh, and don't not necessarily supporting the very robust kind of actual results that he put together. But the other sources, the other platforms putting out more what I think realistic and reasonable predictions for Bellinger. So ESPN has him as the number four free agent and predicts seven years, 147 million, uh, which I think is a much more like realistic number. And at that number, I get intrigued. Um, You're talking about a guy who was, like I said, an MVP at age 23 and hit 47 homers Uh, in his career. He's just been a really good player, can play center field, can play first base, left-handed bat, lots of power. Um, I'm just intrigued. And let's just quickly get to what did... um, what did Fangraphs have to say about Cody Bellinger and the prediction? Well, it's six years, 150 million. And so I think ESPN, seven years, 147, and Fangraphs, six, 150, somewhere in that 150 million range. And so, look, the Giants were willing to spend 300 million plus on Yamamoto. Uh, so maybe spend that 300 million. I get it, it's over a shorter term, but, you know, if you get Cody Bellinger and Blake Snell, I think that you've, and you've already added Jung Hu Lee, of course, then that starts to get people excited. It's, yes, it's not Otani. Yes, it's not Yamamoto, but I don't know. I think that's, those are two risky players. There's no doubt about it. But I think the Giants are in a position where they have to take some risks finally. They've been risk averse for a long time uh, under this regime. They really haven't taken almost any risks at all. And, like major risks, you know, I guess, you know, signing Jung Hu Lee is represents a, a significant risk because he doesn't have an MLB track record. Um, but Bellinger for, you know, six, if you were able to get a 28 year old, by the way, which is young for a free agent, former MVP who had the season he just had, had the seasons he previously had before, you know, he, like dislocated his shoulder. And then he had the two terrible seasons in a row. Um, so there's possibly an explanation and supposedly that was what the the issue was, but I don't know around that $150 million range to me, he starts to become pretty attractive, but not again, not at definitely not at what, um, MLB trade rumors had him at. I don't like either of Bellinger or Snell on those MLB trade rumors contracts. So coming up in just a minute, we'll finish up with Matt Chapman and make and drop a little note about um, how the Giants meeting went from what we've heard now and hear from the agent himself of Yamamoto about the Giants and what their interest 
level was and what Yamamoto thought of the courting process by the Giants. We'll get into all of that in just a minute and before we do. All right, as promised, we are going to get into Matt Chapman. I also want to finish up actually the point about Cody Bellinger's fit because they have so many outfielders. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day or last listen uh, three days a week for now. Um, I joke with last listen should be your first listen if you if you are listening. We appreciate that so much. Anyway, thanks again. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube, by the way, uh, locked on sports today is here for you 24 seven covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every league. Go to locked on sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel. All right. So finishing up that point, it's interesting that both Heyman and uh, Susan Slusser, by the way, Heyman, like I said, definitely Cody Bellinger is a Boris client. And so he could just be throwing, you know, people always just link the Giants, you know, in recent years, the Giants are just linked to everybody. We don't really know if they're involved or not. But when you hear it from Slusser, I think you believe it a little bit more, especially when you hear it from multiple places, you know. And so it's a tough fit, like positionally, like because he's not going to play center. They already got Jung-Hoo Lee to play center. Um, if you think, oh, just put him at first. Well, first of all, you already have some players who play first on your roster. Uh, you could trade him, of course, but also a player's value goes down a lot when you move him from center to first base because the threshold for offense is much higher at first base and you're provi- you're just you're also not able to provide as much defensive value at first base as you do in the outfield where you're able to make more of a difference uh that's just the reality of the situation and so um maybe corner outfield but then you've got you've got a Yaz and Slater platoon you've got uh Conforto and Haniger on your team Conforto entering the last year of his deal Haniger two years with an opt-out essentially left on his deal. You do also have that DH spot. And so maybe Conforto and Haniger move to that DH spot and you make, you just make room, but then you talk about, okay, what about Luis Matos? Well, you know, it's the last year of Slater's contract. And so maybe you kind of Matos his depth and maybe he starts to kind of take over that Slater role and then gain a larger role as performance warrants as Yastrzemski gets older. He's already like 33. And so you've got to start thinking about the future beyond Slater and Yastrzemski, which I think a lot of people are happy about, even though those two have been solid role players for the Giants. So anyway, it's a tough fit to add an outfielder, but I think you do it if you can. Just upgrade any way you can. Make have more exciting players any way you can. An easier fit is third base where Matt Chapman comes into play. And so again, let's start with MLB trade rumors, which has Matt Chapman as the the third baseman, Matt Chapman, by the way, as the let's see, I've got to scroll to find him. Number seven free agent. Uh, and the prediction at six years 150 million. Now, ESPN has Matt Chapman as the number eight free agent with the prediction at four years, a hundred million. So each of those is coming in with, uh, 
25 million average annual value. I certainly like four 100 better than six 150. And ESPN, if we search for Matt Chapman, they've got him at five 120. So we've got a four, a five, and a six all at about 25 million a year. And so I don't know. I mean, the middle and then the, the crowdsource has four years, 80 million. And so yeah, I mean, I don't want to go five years, but I think it probably does take going five years to get to get Matt Chapman. He is also entering his age 31 season like Blake Snell. He, um, you know, we, we, we've discussed him a lot on this show. I think that he he upgrades the third base position primarily because he's very good defensively. Like he's very, very good defensively. He's a good base runner. Uh, offensively though, he's got strikeout issues, you know, contact issues and has at times been closer to average than like well above average. And does the power play at Oracle Park? I'd actually want to look at a spray chart. I mean, uh, batting average, people complain about certain batting averages on the Giants. This guy career 240 average. That's not his strength. His strength, I mean, 329 on base is like a little better than average. 461 slugging, that's that's well above average, especially considering the lower batting average. Um, and then the defense has been elite. But defense actually declines kind of, from what I understand, even earlier than offense because your athleticism kind of starts to decline. Uh, this year plus 12 defensive runs saved, plus four outs above average. So he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down defensively. And I think that's where it does make sense if you're just banking on, you know, steady kind of middle of the lineup bat, even if he's not going to necessarily be a superstar offensively, just a steady everyday presence in the middle of the lineup. And that kind of defense for a ground ball heavy pitching staff. And what does it do to J.D. Davis? Well, you know, J.D. Davis had a good year defensively uh, and was good to start the year offensively. Chapman was also very streaky offensively this year, but the defense is just the difference maker for me. And is it enough? Is it worth is is it enough of an upgrade to justify like a five year whatever, $125 million contract versus J.D. Davis's like arbitration contract of $6 million or whatever it is. Um, that's tough. And and I'm not so sure because, and then also like you're, you're kind of blocking third base, whereas maybe you instead you try to like trade for a shortstop and let kind of J.D. Davis and Marco Luciano hash it out over at third or something like that. Maybe that makes more sense. So that's the thing with all three of these guys. I see the fit and I also see the flaw. But I, you know, I would probably I've said this before and I've probably I think I've I don't remember who I even said it about, but I would probably bank or put some money on the Giants ending up with at least one of these three players. And which one would be my favorite? I'm not sure. Probably oh, don't make me pick. I want to say Blake Snell, but I, every player I'll think of their upside and then I'll think of their downside. So that's the reality with these three. And that is where the market, that's what this free agent class is about. That's why 
Otani and Yamamoto were like unicorns and highly sought after. But also, let's not forget Jung Hoo Lee. Like, I see a lot of upside and not so much downside. There's risk, but you know, this guy's 25, athletic, like checks a lot of boxes. And so let's not forget they already got this guy and they're going to continue, quote, big game hunting. So we did not have time to get to the Yoshinobu Yamamoto stuff, uh, what he, uh, what the reports are about his meetings with the Giants. They were very positive. His agent said essentially something about how if it wasn't for the Dodgers, he'd probably be on the Giants. So we'll get to that tomorrow and also get to some mailbag questions. So thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on X at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thank you in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.